You're listening to a podcast from Washington Post Live, bringing the newsroom to you live. Hello, I'm Leanne Caldwell, anchor at Washington Post Live and also co-author of the Early 202 newsletter. My guest today won her first major golf tournament at the U.S. Women's Open at Pebble Beach just last month. Allison Corpuz, thank you so much for joining Washington Post Live. Hi, Leanne. Thanks so much for having me. Allison, thrilled to be talking to you. First of all, congratulations on such a huge win. Um, an American had not won the U.S. Women's Open since 2016. What was it? What was, you know, let's just start how you felt after that. Were you expecting going into that tournament to come out victorious? Yeah, I mean, it's a tournament that I've played well in the past. Um, but no, I mean, winning out here is so hard. There's so many talented women out here on the LPGA. So it's definitely just a bonus. Really just went into the week hoping for a good week. And I'm really happy that I won. Uh, your childhood idol, Michelle Wee, uh, you, she has also won. Um, so you're both from Hawaii. So talk about how her, how she influenced you um, in your sport and in, in your your path. Yeah, I mean, I, I always looked up to Michelle growing up. I mean, she was, I think, the right age where she was old, old enough for, for me to just watch what she was doing as she turned pro, as she, you know, continued to break barriers. And I remember watching her win the U.S. Open as well in 2014. I mean, she's just been a huge inspiration for me and for so many other Asian-American women, I think. So it's been reported that during that tournament, you made the decision not to look at the leaderboard. The leaderboard. Why? I just think that that puts some unnecessary pressure. I mean, at the end of the day, you just need to go out there and play well. And I, I didn't want to look and see really where I was I kind of just wanted to go out there and post my score and just see see if that would be good enough um and and that's kind of been my strategy I think I I kind of look every once in a while um but I I knew I was playing well and I I didn't want to see myself in the lead and then make a mistake because of that so can you talk about you know what it took in order to get to this point you have a long, you know, you've been playing golf since you were very, very little. You grew up on a golf course, I believe. Um, when did you know that you were good? Yeah, um, I mean, I was I was winning a lot of junior tournaments growing up, but um, you know, played played on a national level, played AJGA tournaments, played the USGAs, and kind of always did like, okay. Um, and then went to college and we, we had a really, really solid golf team. And I think kind of struggled my freshman year, but we had a lot of seniors on the team and was just able to compare my game against them. And I think that's when I really realized like, Hey, you know, like if I, if I work hard at this, this is definitely something that I can do. Yeah. How did you get past that moment? That moment where you did struggle uh, new environment, college, probably better players. Um, what got you through it? Yeah, I mean, I, I love my team. They were they were great. And my coaches, they were all, you know, really supportive, definitely invested a lot of time, time into me. And um, I think just you you keep doing it and you just kind of keep keep faking it until you make it, honestly, and <laughs> just just keep working hard and just just kind of trust that that'll all pay off. 
So at Pebble Beach, it was the first women's major event in the 104 history of of that course. Do you think that their that your win? Do you think that this event will spur more uh, women tournaments to be held there? Yeah, I really hope so. I mean, they talked about TV ratings and how good they were, and I think part of that was just how historic of a venue it was. I mean there's a lot of people who don't even play golf that have heard of Pebble Beach. And it was just really exciting to see, you know, just that surge of viewers that we had. I mean, women's golf is definitely worth, worth watching. And, and it was just so exciting that we got all that fan support. So you're 25 and many of the top 10 female players in the world are around your age, which is relatively young for professional golf. Do you think that you know, why are there so many young women in the sport right now who are dominating the sport? And do you think that that how that's how is this a blip or is this how it's going to remain? Yeah, I think um, there's two parts to it. I mean, girls get started really young. So it even though even though we're young, we've been playing for 20, 15, 20 years And we've been training for a really long time. I think that's part of it. And the other part is just, you know, we are all, this is kind of our peak, right? Like we're, we're playing really well. This is kind of before I think a lot of women decide to start a family or, you know, walk away from the game. And um, I don't, I don't know if it'll continue, um, but I definitely wouldn't be surprised if it does. What, what is it about women's golf? that that needs to change as far as representation is concerned, as far as um, access, as far as equality to, to men's golf? Yeah, I think the main argument that we get is, well, you guys don't have the fans. And I think for that, we just need a lot more TV coverage. I think that was, that was a big um, factor in in the US Open getting so much viewership is just, we were finally in prime time. We were finally, you know, had the TV slots, had the hours on TV for people to really watch us. Um, And I think everything kind of starts there. We just get more viewers, we get more fans, and hopefully that's, that's what drives up our sponsorships. Well, and I was gonna ask about sponsorships. Is that the key to sponsorships? Are those, uh, are those opportunities as readily available to women golfers? Yeah, definitely not. I'd say um, probably the top 30 players or so have pretty solid opportunities. And then after that, it's really about, you know, trying to make connections in your pro-ams and trying to connect with people and hopefully land a sponsor that way. Um, But I I think at least for women's golf, a lot of the sponsors follow your play. Whereas for the men's tour, it, it seems like, you know, you get your PGA tour card and you'll have, have a few sponsors lined up just just for having your card, and that's that's definitely something that I hope changes moving forward. So you have to win first. You have to be successful first within the tour to get sponsorship as a woman. Yeah, I mean, there, there's definitely exceptions. Um, you know, if you meet the right person and and they take a chance on you, but that that's typically how it goes. Mm-hmm. Um, you. Uh, you won a record $2 million for your U.S. Open title. Uh, how does that compare to men's winnings? 
Yeah, I mean, the US Open is our highest purse. Um, so I think that particular week is a little higher than the average PGA Tour purse, but they also have a few elevated events and their majors as well that are, I want to say our purse was at 11 million and their purses will be around 20 to 25. Um, so they have a few purses that are smaller, but on as a whole, their purses are a lot larger than ours. Is there a movement to try to equalize that, to get better pay in women's golf? Yeah, I mean, even if there is the inequality right now, um, I mean, there's definitely been a lot of changes and a lot of progress to get our purses up. And I think that trend will continue to hold um, as far as equality. I mean, I, I hope we get there someday. I, I don't know if we will. I mean, there's been so much attention on women's soccer, who was in a multi-year battle, legal battle, uh, to get equal pay to men's soccer. Do you think that something similar needs to happen uh, within women's golf, or is that happening right now? Yeah, I'd, I'd like to see it happen. Um, I mean, I don't know how, you know, where where the money would come from. I don't know how specifically to get it to work. Um, and I think it, it all just stems to viewership and really getting the fans invested in the women's game, um, which I think is definitely possible. I think, you know, if we put, put our efforts in the right direction, it's definitely possible. Um, there's a big controversy over right now with men's golf and the PGA and how um, they have are preliminary entering into a partnership with Live Golf, which is a Saudi-backed organization. Um, and the reason, a big reason for that is because the players were demanding more money, um, something that the Saudis can provide. What is your reaction to that? Do you have an opinion about Live Golf entering into the, P you know, becoming a part of the PGA? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know enough about it to, to speak at length on it. Um, I mean, I know, I think golf is, is never, is always going to be better not divided. So I think as far as having those players that left come back, that, that could be good for their game. Um, as far as the money goes, I mean, I understand why, why people leave. And now I, I'm not really sure why they're, you know, trying to merge, merge together again. Um, but I'm hoping that everything turns out okay and that, that it works out. I need to get your reaction on some news that just broke a little bit ago um, about Tiger Woods, the PGA Tour. They announced changes to its governance board, including that Tiger Woods um, will join its policy board. And the reason is to give players more of a voice um, on the tour. Uh, what is your reaction to that? And do you think that women players have enough of a voice on the um, LPGA tour? Yeah, um, I think it's great that Tiger's getting involved. I mean, he's he's obviously done so much to move the golf world forward, right? Just, you know, all the records he set and and even just with his foundation, everything that he's done to give back to the game, um, I think it's awesome that that he's doing that. And I mean, our, we have a player board as well that that gets our vote and um, that kind of speaks for the players. And right now, I think that's working. Um, I I don't know um, too much about 
what what goes on behind the scenes, but I know that the board is always there to to give the players a voice. Um, like we mentioned at the top, you grew up in Hawaii. Uh, how did your family influence your golf aspirations? Was this was golf part of who you guys were, what you did on the weekends? Yeah, so my dad's a big golf fan. Um, and now that I'm, you know, ever since I left to college, he's been playing nine holes probably four or five times a week. Um, he loves the game. And that's, that's kind of how I got into it. Um, it was definitely like a family sport at the time. Um, I have an older brother as well. So my dad would take the both of us to the course and, and we'd go and practice and everything. Um, it's always been a lot of fun. And um, yeah, just just trying to keep it that way. Um, and just just keep having fun with it. Uh, your family heritage, you are ha Korean and Filipino. Um, you've also talked about representation in golf and wanting to uh, see more Koreans and Filipinos and engaged in the sport. How is the L uh, LPGA working to diversify the sport if they are at all? Yeah, I mean, the LPGA is already a really diverse tour. I mean, everyone who has their tour card has worked really hard to get there. And um, I mean, we we have really good representation now. And I think, I know they have the partnership with the USGA Girls Golf, just trying to give, give more girls the opportunity to pick up clubs and get into the game, which, which I hope keeps continuing to further the sport. Um, and yeah. Um, you played, like we mentioned, in college at USC. Can you talk about the transition from being an amateur to being a pro? Yeah, I think it's it's a big transition. I mean, you go from playing on a team and, you know, competing for the school, competing, you know, for for a little more outside of just yourself. And then you turn pro and you're doing everything kind of on your own. And, you know, it's, it's new, right? Like, I mean, by the end of your college career, you know exactly what's going to happen, you know, exactly what the season's going to look like. So it was, it was, it was definitely a new, new transition to, to get used to. Um, but so far it's, it's been mostly seamless. Um, there's a lot of girls out here that I had played junior golf with growing up and, it's just felt like a like a big family so far. I've also been traveling with my mom, which which has made things a lot easier on the road. And um, yeah, I mean, it's it's been fun so far. The tours tours kind of its own family on the side. How does the transition work? Do you have to be invited? Do you apply? Do you try out? Is it based on scores over a a period of time? Yeah, so you can announce that you're a pro like at any time. There's no official thing for that. Um, but as far as getting LPGA status, we have several ways to get your tour card. We have the Epson tour, which is um, like the tour below the LPGA where you can play your way. The top 10 at the end of each year get their cards. And then I went through a qualifying school, which is three separate tournaments. And from each stage, so many girls advance and the top 45 in ties at the end of stage three also get their card as well. Hmm. Um, your first year, you were part of a rookie pod, the LPGA, something that was set up by the LPGA. Can you, what is that? Yeah, so they'll pair one LPGA staff member and one LPGA veteran, and they'll also group you with other rookies. And 
Um, for me, it was really helpful. I mean, you know, you have dinner a few times with them or it's just having a group of girls, you know, who know what you're going through and can kind of help you out um, and just kind of have like, yeah, just just make a few new friends on the road and, and make it a little easier. How critical is that? Um, I thought it was fascinating that the LPGA that's organized by them. How critical is that for these young women? who are transitioning from amateurs to a very big world of professional golf. Yeah, I think it's really helpful. I mean, uh, my my LPGA pro was uh, Emma Talley, and she's, she's just the sweetest girl alive. Um, and just, you know, anytime I had a question about where I needed to be, what I needed to do, it was just really comforting to know that I could just shoot her a text and you know, she'd tell me everything and that I needed to know. Um, that was really helpful. And just, just being able to see how she practiced and, you know, how the other girls out here practice and have done so to stay out here, I think is really helpful. After your win, you received a call from former President Barack Obama, who went to your high school, Punahou. I've actually been to that school. I swam in their swimming pool um, once. Um, were you expecting that call? What was that like? Yeah, um, just got the Twitter and Instagram shout out. I didn't, I didn't speak to him. Um, oh, but okay. no, not, not at all. Um, I think they had actually told me about it in that last press conference that I did that he had tweeted out about wanting to play a round of golf, um, which, which I really hope happens. I, I mean, I've been, been a huge fan of him for years and yeah, it would be really cool. President Obama, if you are watching, Allison would love to play a round of golf. I, I would love to bet who's going to win that one. <laughs> um, Allison, what, where do you want to go next? What are your goals for the next year? Yeah, um, I mean, I have Scottish Open this week and British Open next week. And um, a little more long-term Solheim Cup is, is going to be coming up in September. Um, but no, just, just really trying to have a good end of the year. Just keep playing the way I've been playing. And keep keep learning as I go. Um, there's still, I think, a lot to learn and a lot to improve. So yeah, just really want to keep it fun, keep keep my expectations low. I mean, my year's kind of already been made at this point. So just trying to add, add even more of a bonus to it. Well, Allison Corpus, thank you so much for your time today. What an amazing accomplishment. You're an outstanding young woman. I really appreciate you spending um, your time with us. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks for listening. For more information on our upcoming programs, go to WashingtonPostLive.com.